You're listening to Great Scott, The Office Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Ray, and with me is my desk mate, Jacob. Hey, hey, how's it going? It's a very special episode today. It is, we will be saying uh, a sad farewell to our good friend, Michael Scott. And it's also our 50th podcast. Yep. Coming at you, what, a month late? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, yeah, we've had issues. Jay Ray's been busy. It's all yeah, Jay Ray's fault, too. No, it is mostly my fault. Um, well, and, and with that news, uh, the podcast name is going to change, too. It's now going to be called uh, D'Angelo's Den. <laughs> parentheses, the inner circle. Close parentheses. <clears throat> and then oh, after two or three episodes of that, we're going to change it again. So, yeah. Great, great Andy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robert California's House of Fun. Yeah, uh, Gabe's video closet. Yeah, yeah. He's he's probably the scariest person in this show. You're like just a little bit of effort, and that guy is totally a serial killer. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no facts to point at Gabe as the Scranton Strangler, but I could have seen them as friends <laughs> if Gabe showed up a little earlier. You know, maybe you knew. Well, yeah. Yeah, but maybe Gabe visits him in prison. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe like is <laughs> that would be a totally Gabe thing to like be a per, like pen pal with like a you know serial killer. Yeah, yeah. So it's like on his dating profiles, right? Because <laughs> we see at some point where like uh, Gabe is like super stalkery and scary towards Aaron. Yeah, yeah. We see that like in this stretch of episodes. Yeah, it's creepy. All right, but so we're getting into it. Um, we were just talking off air. This episode could be a little weird. Um, we're re- we really want to hone in on Michael's kind of, uh, you know, his his his, uh, his his stage bow, so to speak, or whatever. <clears throat> and um, but we took notes, kind of how we typically do. So there's a lot of other stuff. So if if we miss your favorite moment, moment we're sorry. It's just kind of not what we're doing. But if you uh, shoot us an email, I think it's fair to say you shoot us an email. We we can like quickly go through any moments we missed. That you right. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can email us brokenjarsbroadcasting at gmail dot com. Visit our website brokenjars.xyz, Patreon patreon dot com forward slash brokenjars, and yeah, visit all of our other really cool. Episode, not episodes, podcasts. We yeah. do have a lot of episodes. We got 50 of these. <clears throat> yeah, man. Uh, two more episodes and that's that's uh, an episode a week for a year, which yeah. actually doesn't sound like so much considering how long we've been doing this. <laughs> well, if we had kept with our original schedule of doing four episodes at a time, this would be our last show. Yeah. So, so there you go. You're welcome, world. <laughs> so we are starting off with the Garage Sale, directed by Steve Carell, written by John Vitt. Yeah, so the, the shtick of this episode basically is that the whole office is holding a garage sale slash flea markety slash tag sale kind of thing in the warehouse of the office space. Right. Um, why are they doing it? Uh, I think they're just trying to like raise money. Like I, th- I think it's just they're trying to sell stuff. Yeah, because I think that money is going to themselves, right? Right, but part of it goes to the party planning committee. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Right, but you know, it's one of those things where it's a lot easier to get people to come if there's a bunch of stuff. You know, that's why you tend to have like garage sale days in neighborhoods where every like you just drive down the block, right? And there's just everybody selling stuff. Yeah. Uh, So we get to see a lot of, uh, you know, everybody. We see everybody's stuff, and it's like a nice little insight into their lives. And there's a lot Mm -hmm. of like good things there. Yeah. This. 
And like we did say we we're going to saw Michael, but this is a really good yeah. episode to see how Dwight know how well he knows everyone. Hmm. Because he's like, you know, when he's trying to do all this, sw- the swapping, right? right. He, he takes his used candle to Kelly and plays off her issue with Ryan and like wanting to get married to Ryan to get her to swap the, the candle for like all these books. And then he like ends up with an old photo album of Stanley. <laughs> That he's like, yeah. yeah, only cool kids like James Franco would like this stuff. And like Ryan just like lights up. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely him knowing those folks. But part of it too is like just kind of another piece of proof that Dwight would be fine in any type of colonial pre-technology world. You know, he's oh, got yeah. the farming skills and the bartering skills. Well, they, they're, they're farmers by hobby and traders by trade. Right. I wonder what they trade. (laughs) But uh, we have this scene where uh, Holly and Michael are talking. And Holly says something to the effect of Justin. And they are like, well, Michael says something. You know, I don't have a Justin case. And Holly's like, well, I don't either. You know, so it's that that, sort of that conversation where I think both of them realize they're going to be married at some point. Yeah, I mean, because, like, so let me ask you, when you got engaged, whoever asked whoever or whatever, like, was it pretty much a sure thing? Like, Oh, oh yeah. Right, yeah. Um, and I, honestly, I, I don't know a lot of people, I mean, at least, like, adult people, 28 plus, um, who who do that, get engaged in such a way that uh, they're not sure what the answer might be. Because, like, you could search YouTube for, like, you know, engagement fails or whatever, and it's, like, people saying no, and half of them are staged at a sporting event or whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, it doesn't I, – I mean, if, if you're in a situation where the other person you're asking might say no, then mm-hmm. both of you haven't thought it through enough, obviously, right? Right. And, <clears throat> you know, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're – you know, they're, what, in their mid to late 40s at this point? Yeah. I mean, you kind of know – I mean, I knew pretty quickly that I, you know, but I didn't meet my wife until I was in my late 20s, but I dated enough and like, so with them, and Holly already knows what it's like to have a long-term relationship, so right. you know, even though they haven't been together that long, you know, I, I think they just know, and plus, you know, they could, they're getting old, so they gotta, gotta speed things up there if they want some time. Right. Yeah, I think what I really appreciated just about that moment is uh, just like how real it was. Mm-hmm. These are two adults in a committed relationship and they're just like, you know, the next step makes sense. We're going to get married. Like, right. And that I feel like that's really how it goes a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's not this like romantic thing over candlelight. Like it's in the middle of a warehouse <laughs> with a neon light sign of a European woman drinking alcohol. <clears throat> and you're just like, you know, want to get married? Yeah, that sounds good. there's this great just random thing because apparently the St. Pauli sign Hmm. is broken right and Holly's like oh uh, do you want me to call my neon guy who the hell has a neon guy (laughs) I mean yeah it makes you wonder what Holly's bachelorette pad had in terms of neon Uh, whatever whatever the Whatever the flip of a St. Pauli girl sign is, like that's what she's got. Oh shit! That's quick. Yeah, you know it's like probably like a. Um, I mean, it would not surprise me if she had like some like n- 
neon nude male with just like flashing genitalia. That would not surprise me. Yeah, I don't know why. I also went to like porn store, <laughs> neon signs. Uh, it just seems like what she's into. Right. And so, so Michael, Michael has this trouble selling any of his stuff because it comes up throughout this episode. <laughs> Well, he won't let it go. Because he well, actually that, got a pretty good problem. price for the, like, didn't, Kevin offered him like 300 bucks for the yeah. girl sign. That's a pretty good price. Right. Yeah, and Michael's just like, nah. Get lost. Well, he's like that kind of guy who thinks everything you own is worth more because you had it for a length of time. Or, you know, you ought to be able to sell it for what you paid for. Yeah, I mean, he's that dude with the Beanie Babies in a, you know, in a storage unit somewhere just waiting for that stuff to... <laughs> to crew and value yeah. again. <laughs> um, yeah, so so now they've had this discussion and now they know and um, it's kind of in Michael's head. So he does this really classy thing and gives Holly's parents a call. Right. Um, specifically her father asking if uh, he could marry her. Uh, right. I believe the father doesn't pick up though. So he leaves a voicemail. Right, right. He He wasn't there now, but... When they call Holly back, um, like this is when we get the, the, the sign that her parents have issues. Mm. You know, you know, with her age, you assume her parents are pushing 70, I would guess. Yeah. Or, or maybe in their 70s. I mean, they could easily be in their 70s. We don't really establish like any kind of Kelly's family or not Kelly's, Holly's family. <laughs> well, because also I guess there's a possibility that Holly's younger than Michael. Right, right. But it could also be, you know, there's all sorts of things like some people, you know, well, a good example. My oldest brother, my parents had him when they were 19. Right. My, my, that was my oldest brother. My youngest brother, they had him when they were in their 40s. Yeah, right. Or, you know, maybe one of those things where they just had, had her late. So they could easily be 80. 80. Yeah. 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 But the, I mean, the mom seems to be more with it. Right. But she definitely has some slight, like, memory attentive issues. The dad is, like, much further gone. Right. Um, and he's having trouble paying attention to the conversation and stuff. And so mm. what's turned into this, like, happy phone call for Holly to, like, you know, know that Michael's taking these next steps turns into this, like, reminder that her parents are old and she's not there with them. Right, right. It, you know, that's a real thing. And that's, you know, sooner than later... You know, it's, I'm getting to that point in my life. You know, my, my parents are doing okay, but, you know, there might be that time where I need to move closer to them. Right. You know, and so, I mean, that's a, that's a really real, it kind of hits hard. You're like, man, that's Because you got to think about, like, mortality and, like, like, God damn it, office making me feel things that aren't laughter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I will say, uh, by the end of this episode, it's solved in a pretty painless way. Right. Like Holly has this knack for picking up her life and just going places. She's done it like four times in the course of this show. Right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. So like she has this conversation and her and Michael are in the break room chit-chatting or whatever. And she kind of brings this information up to Michael. Right. And she wants her him to go with her. Yeah. To Colorado. Boulder. Yeah, which is outside of Denver. and Well, especially if there's any non-Americans out there. If you know, kind of know where Denver is, which is, like, you know, it's a big city in Colorado. I mean, they might not know where Colorado is. Yeah, that's true. It's by Texas. Yeah, sort of. I mean, you know the shape of Texas, you foreigners, <laughs> you sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> and Texas loves foreigners, from my knowledge. So it's yeah. a great place to visit. 
but yeah, so political. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right. So in, in so that so I do that and then um she tries to propose. Yep. And Michael just nopes right out of there. Like, nope, 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 nope. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, yeah, and then we have a quick talking head where he says, like, basically, that's not how he wants. Right, that's... That's not what it's going to be. And then we find him writing a message in gasoline in the... Well, like, quote-unquote, writing a message in gasoline. Right. It looks like he's just pouring copious amounts of gas onto the ground outside. Right, and so you know, Pam catches him, thankfully. But he's like, hey, can you light this? Yeah. And he's standing in the gas. Yeah, I mean, regardless of the fact that he's, we know he's covered in it. Oh, yeah. He's also standing in it, yeah. <laughs> it, there's like a, like for whatever reason, he just, there had to be fire, right? I mean, that's just like who Michael is. And, you know, we see it later with all the candles and stuff. But yeah. So she pulls everybody in. To the conference room. Well, it's like this uh, this proposal team, right? It's right. Ryan, Jim, Oscar. Mm-hmm. Is it Angela? I don't think Angela's in there. Maybe Stanley? No, Stanley wouldn't care. I think there's one more person, but that's the team. It's this weird Jim weird was there. Team. Did we say Jim? Jim was there, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not your traditional party planning crew. This is a this is a special unit <laughs> for this for this mission. Um, and really, the, the the goal for them is to create a, help Michael come up with a proposal strategy. Right. That is that is safe and romantic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Oscar has this like pretty great list of like things like you should look out for, like if you find yourself in costume, if you find yourself tying something to the. the the color of a dog, which my wife was like, if you proposed to the dog, I would have been so happy. Yeah. Like, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're in a costume, you're doing something wrong. And you, Oscar wants to do like, you know, do the traditional dinner, take you out, you know, get down on one knee. Yeah. Um, Cause it fulfills some of that showmanship stuff. If he gets married, if he gets proposed, like he proposes at a restaurant. Right. Yeah, in front of people, people will clap, and Michael's like big on like that kind of thing. Right, and um, we learned that blogs are out from yep. from Ryan. Yep, the blogs are out, but we're, but we're texting a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we get some of these really great Michael ideas for for the proposal, like throwing a corpse off the right. <laughs> yeah, that's supposed to be dressed like him, and when the head comes off. There's a ring in the yeah, neck. Yeah, like a neck hole. I don't remember what the, there was a couple other ones, but they were all just awful. Yeah, yeah, not great. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we cover the Pam Jim engagement. Right. Um, now you have here that they're making fun of it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that. Yeah, no, the, they were like, no, Michael definitely was like, oh yeah, you make it sound so great. It was rainy at a gas station. No, I think I think how I got it anyways was I think Michael is was like he really get like he sees it the way we saw it as an audience on television in his head. And like his weird delivery of like, oh, it was raining, huh? That's romantic. I think it was more like him trying to contain his giddiness as opposed to like his like, well, that's stupid. Like, Maybe. I don't think he was reacting the same way he reacted to the ad guys during the commercial episode. You know, where he's like, oh, that idea sucked. I could do better. I think, yeah, I think he was a little bit more like, ooh, and ah. Um, but 
around this time we see the ring which is huge yeah yeah like in, in you know they say three years salary yeah like holy god dude now we know why he's broke. He's been saving for a ring. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and three years salary. I mean, they have only been dating this time for a couple months. And similarly, when they dated the other time, it was only like a couple months also. Well, I got a feeling that he's been saving for that ring. For anybody? for Since like Jan. Right, right. You know, but I mean, what what is three years salary like? For him, like two hundred forty thousand, maybe. What do we think he makes? Like eighty, ninety k a year. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah, maybe maybe a hundred by at this point. Probably not a hundred, just because of Daryl's mocking him of what he gets paid. But that was a, that was all the way back in like season two, For two or three. Yeah. You know, and well, I don't know. I mean, if Daryl's not pushing him to ask for a raise, I guess I just don't know if Michael's getting that raise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <clears throat> but it, yeah, but still, it's. At minimum, two hundred thousand, probably. Yeah, which is a lot of fucking time. <laughs> right. Um, so, trying to get. Well, I mean, so I guess immediately after, what happens is um, Holly approaches Michael down back in the warehouse and apologizes for putting him in that spot or whatever. But of course, from her perspective, she doesn't know that like Michael is on the cusp of asking her to marry him. Like, right. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so um, he says, "Let's take a tour." And they go to the zoo. I'm just kidding. They, um, so they go to these important spots in the right. office. Uh, let me see here if it'll give... Uh, six carats is a $200,000 engagement ring. Jesus. It's, that's, a, that's not a ring. That's a murder weapon. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, he's like, this is my favorite place because this is where Toby said he was going to Costa Rica. Which is funny because he wasn't there, right? This is um, right. night out or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Um, and then they immediately go to the stairwell mm-hmm. um, where they banged. Yeah. For the first time also, to be fair. And then May Love and is like, you remember what I tried there? Yeah. I'm just like, what did he try? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did he just like try to put it in your butt? Like, I was going to say, just because they don't, he doesn't seem like a very athletic, flexible guy. So it's not like he was doing a move. Right. I think he may have invaded the wrong entrance. <laughs> uh, so then they make their way upstairs. Um, they go into his office. This is where I called you to tell you I had herpes and that I loved you. And right. it's, it's, this, this is the first time we find out the result of that herpes scare. Right. Ingrown here. Yeah. Um, conference room. First place we did a... Uh, a meeting together, whatever. I say, I say, I sit on you. Yep. Introduction, Michael Klump. Uh, then the water cooler. Right, where we learned you would just sit there and like waste water. Yeah, I know. Like, why not actually pour yourself water, or why not not hit that thing? She's two doors away. She can't tell. Right, um, but he's got to like. I don't know. Yeah. It's consistent with Michael logic that yeah, you really no, have sure. to like actually yeah. do something. Um, and then, and then the big move. He's like, let's go in here, pointing at their little kitchenette area. Right. And it's just like this big line of pretty much everybody. Yeah. And random people are asking Holly to marry them. Now, are you familiar with this tradition? Because every time I watch it, I'm always a little confused. But it seems like he says, this is where we face our greatest test. So it seems like something about... I mean, maybe. I don't know. I've never heard of someone doing this before this episode but yeah it is kind of weird 
But it does get everybody involved, and that's, you know, exciting, I guess. Yeah. And so, like, Stanley asks, and yeah. Oscar asks, and yeah, I, Angela asks, and he, she's, you know, Holly says no. It's like, oh, but I'd pay to see that. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gabe. asks, he's like, oh, that's the one I was worried about. Right. Yeah, Gabe asks, he says, easy no. Easy. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and they're all holding candles, and it's all very nice or whatever. Um, and once they get through that hallway, they open up into the annex where there's just like a butt ton of candles. Yeah, right? hundreds of candles. Yeah. Um, and it's very pretty and it's very nice. And I was always wondering, is Dwight's candle in there somewhere because they needed candles? Uh, but obviously he had traded that away at some point. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, he does it. He does the full on proposal or whatever. And it's very romantic. Well, he's about um, to. He's about to. He says right. saying like about how great she is and then the sprinkler system goes off. Destroying everything in the office. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And from what I understand, like this, because a lot of the times they put that water in the sprinkler system and it just, right. it's there for years. Right. A lot of it's like black and shit. So it yeah. would be really nasty. Um, and so he ends up proposing in this very Yoda-y voice because that's where... Yeah, that's one of the first things he said to her when they were building the chair was he said something, you know, in a Yoda voice. So that's how he proposed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's all very exciting. Um, you know, I remember watching it as a, the, for the first time and just really digging it. I thought it was great. I mean, it was perfect, right? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was all the meaningful stuff that we know Michael feels and can't articulate. Um, and then, right, that goofiness that was mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And then he tells everybody, I'm leaving. Yeah. And everyone is just like open mouth, just like, uh. Yeah. Yep. And uh, that's it. That's that. All right. We would be remiss if we don't at least hit Dwight and the Magic Beans. Well, I was going to say, I'm happy to cover that. And I'm happy to cover some interesting stuff that other people were selling before we leave this episode. Yeah. So I love that Jim has the long con going. Because, you know, at the end of the episode, so he manages to get a telescope yep. for these magic beans, which I thought would be more expensive than it was. But you can get that exact telescope for like 250 bucks on the internet now. So hmm. was it at, but, you know, he, so Dwight plants the beans and Jim is just ready with fully grown trees, you know, to, to put it or bushes or whatever they were to put in their place. Right. So yeah. good. Like it, it's such like it is a next level prank. Yeah. Yeah. And more and more we start seeing that Jim goes like homemade for his pranks. Right. Like, so he makes like this the packet for the beans. And then in season eight, he has the garden party book he wrote. Yep. From James Trickster Trickerston, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, then you're like apparently Ryan's mom makes the best pesto and salsa ever that yeah. he has put like Oscar's and Phyllis's picture on. Yep. Yep. Ill-gotten photos also, to be clear. Like definitely grab them from like their Facebook profiles or candid shots around the office or whatever. <laughs> um, Oscar has a ton of Will and Grace seasons that he's selling um, because people assume he likes Will and Grace. I know nothing about Will and Grace, so... When uh, when we like we're we're late to Hulu, we only got it within the last year, 
And I think the first thing that we watched was Will and Grace because my wife is a big fan. Uh, it's not bad. I mean, it's, it's really, it's not bad. That's what I'll say. This is not a Will and Grace podcast. <laughs> That's our other show on Tuesdays on NBC. Um, let's see, what else? Yeah, you know, uh, was it Kelly had all those like books. Right, which I, I wasn't sure what they were. Like I heard the name, but just they didn't click in my head. What? Yeah, part of me wondered if they were like trash romance books, maybe, <laughs> and things like that. Oh, you know she's big into the Harlequin romances. Yeah, yeah. It's like this is essentially porn. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, and then, and then one little thing, Kevin, Daryl and Andy all play a unruled version of the board game Dallas, where they're basically just making up rules using cards that are in the box from other board games, uh, that culminates in Kevin being really mad and storming off only to show us that he too has played the game by the made up rules that they made. And he just straight up stole the money. The prize money for winning this game. Uh, yeah, so um, so here you go. Dallas, two to seven players, 120-minute playing time. 120-minute, Yeah. Yeah, actually, real, uh, yeah. The It looks like they recreated the board pretty much exactly. It's pretty cool. Yeah. There you go. You can Google it. It's out there. There you go. The Dallas, the, the Dallas board game. Um, yeah, so do we review this or do we keep going? Uh, I'll review it because I wrote one down. Okay. Uh, I gave it a 3.45 out of 5 cha-cha-chas. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I concur. I'd give it a, a 3.5 out of 5 just to save our listeners from too many decimal places. <laughs> um, shit, I forgot, what's the workout thing he's got? Bowflex? Bowflex. That's it. Bowflexes. <laughs> Boom. All right. So next up. So now we know. Michael's leaving. Right. Now, now Dunder Mifflin proper has to come up with a strategy to fill that role. Um, so we find ourselves in Training Day, directed right. by Paul Lieberstein, written by Daniel Chun. Right, and we learned that he, um, like they had already made the hire. Like it was pretty, it seems like it was a pretty instant thing. Right. So I wonder if like he was already with the company at D'Angelo and they just promoted him there or what? Yeah, I mean, so we do, uh, is it, I think it's, uh, I forget what episode it is, um, but we do find out D'Angelo's like origin with Saber uh, mm. in one of these episodes. It's because he stopped a dog thief from stealing Joe Bennett's dog. Right. Um, and I, you know, I guess it gave, gave him a soft spot, but it seems like he's, I mean, maybe he is a decent manager, but he, we see later that he's just a terrible salesperson. Yeah, yeah. And so it was weird to me that even even though he did this, that Joe would play favorites. Yeah. Because well, so, it's not really who she is. Right. Yeah, it makes me wonder Yeah, if he did have some type of coordinator slash whatever type of role in Tallahassee maybe. And, um, and then this opened up for him. Right. Because that timing seems crazy for him to have saved the dog and then Michael's leaving, you know. Mm-hmm. He must have been somewhere for a bit of time. Right, and we we learn that um, yeah he he's not going to ski because he doesn't want to end up like Sonny Bobo. They <laughs> they open up, and what what ends up happening is like Michael is at the hotel bar waiting for D'Angelo, right? And they end up meeting and not realizing that they're who they are. Right. So the each party thinks the other person is terribly late. Um, 
and, and they hit it off, you know, they have a similar type of humor or whatever. And right. they're, they're both just as dumb as the other person. <laughs> um, now, let me ask you kind of mm-hmm. out of character, so to speak. Um, I forget what the news was around this time. Like I knew, I felt pretty confident that I knew Will Ferrell was just a, a guest star for a limited number of episodes or whatever. Uh, I, but I, Yeah, I but didn't, I didn't know, know what their long-term plan was. I didn't know if he was going to be there. to. Replay. That's what it was. Right, yeah, yeah. So when you're watching these episodes, like, were you concerned? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, God, this guy's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, I got to give him credit because he plays the role really well. Yeah. But I really hate you. I think that's a popular opinion. Yeah, I'm but okay I got to give him credit, you know. Yeah. No, yeah, he does exactly what was probably on that page and probably a bit better. Yeah, right. Um, I mean, I think I like him now, knowing he's only there for – so many episodes. Right. And once he gets a bit better, like uh, I should say better, but once yeah. Michael leaves, he becomes more interesting. Yeah. So, um, all right. That, that, that's all I want. So, <laughs> so they meet each other and, it, and it's great or whatever. So, uh, the next time we see them together is in the office proper. Right. And, um, let's see. I'm trying to think here where things are. I know. Cause their conversation in the beginning is pretty funny. Mm hmm with all their random stuff. Um, uh, so one of the things that ends up coming to light during this time period is that Dwight's pretty mad at Michael. Right. Because um, he didn't get an interview. Yeah. It seems like Dwight wasn't even considered as right. a Which, you know, from what it appears, he wasn't. No one was. It's like it was, this was yeah. D'Angelo's thing, period. Right. That's right. Um, but everybody is trying to kind of, you know, Michael's been there for what, 12 years, something like that. 19, 19. Jesus. So a lot of these people have never had an opportunity to have a different manager. Right. So everybody's kind of putting their best foot forward in a way they did with Charles to be like, Hey, and by best foot forward, you mean kiss ass. Yeah. Yeah. Whether (laughs) that be with baby photos, a toupee, you know, what have you. The meat cute, which is apparently from Legally Blonde. Oh, my uh, wife told me, so. Gotcha. <laughs> my notes. Uh, I am also not well-versed enough in Legally Blonde, but my wife also knows a lot about it. So next episode, our wives will be on talking Legally Blonde. <laughs> the Legally Blonde podcast. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, um, yeah, meat cute. Yeah. Okay, so, and I guess... Well, well, we'll talk about that later. But there is a storyline with Gabe a bit here. This is where Gabe gets real creepy. Um, yeah, so so we pretty early on, we start to see that there's like a, a discrepancy between their management style and the direction they see the office. Right. Going. You know, there's like, we see that, you know, because Aaron answers the phone. Right. It has a pretty funny bit where D'Angelo tries to get her to change. <laughs> He's like, say without your name. She's like, Dunder Mifflin, this is. Right, <laughs> which is pretty good, and then like so he's like, no, just say this. And Michael's like, but I like it. I like the full way. Right, and they kind of go back and forth. And the phone rings, and she picks it up, and she's like, "Thunder Myth," and she's like, "I can't do it." And like, <laughs> hangs up yeah. the phone. Yeah, she's like, "I'm sorry," and she hangs up. Um, right, and and I get that. Like, I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, I know it is one thing to train your replacement, but I would think that it would be difficult to have two managers there at the same time. I don't know, just but, because of that power struggle that would right, be there. Because they're fulfilling the same role, as opposed right. to the two manager Jim Michael dynamic, which was big picture every day, right? 
Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, and I couldn't even really think about what makes sense. Like, do you let Michael do what he's doing? It really seems like this is the opportunity for D'Angelo to come in and shake things up right. with, with Michael as support to bring things back if things get out of hand or whatever, you know, like if things aren't working or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Michael is not really letting that go. Right. Um, Which you, then, know, you can kind of get, right? Like you've been yeah. somewhere forever. Uh, so then there's this power move. And I don't know if it was intentional or not, because I think the confusing thing about D'Angelo, and you said it earlier, like, is he good at this job? Right. So he does this thing where he has a, a barber come in and shave his face, you know, straight straight edge razor yeah that's the best best shave in the world man you get an old school barber who can do it real nice oh so good yep <laughs> and uh but like so the question that no one really cares about but i'm gonna ask is is this a move on behalf of d'angelo to assert his dominance in the office or mm-hmm. is this like him being a weirdo which is another thing that we also know about him right uh and it's not clear but ryan calls it as a power move and right then, and then Michael has Aaron come in mm-hmm. with a regular can of shaving cream and a regular razor blade uh, and an office chair and to shave his face. He, he clearly has no idea what you're doing. He puts like a mountain of shaving cream. <laughs> At some point she's like, you have to stop talking because I'm going to shave your lips. <laughs> Michael has to say, don't shave my lips. Don't shave my lips. Yep. Um, but in this instance, everybody comes in to... Well, he calls him. In. Yeah, right. He's like, um, yeah, I want to do a little powwow. And Michael's yeah. like, well, we tend to do conference meetings. Like, well, we don't know. We don't need you. It's like, I want to yeah. hear from the rank and file. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at this point, uh, Pam and Jim had a good rapport with D'Angelo. There was, uh, there was some fun baby talk earlier when D'Angelo first came in. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, they lead with that as they come into the room this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, D'Angelo is not having any of it. Right, he's like, shut up about the baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which is pretty clear, I think. Um, yeah, now now this is a very different D'Angelo than what we've seen for the whole episode, right? This is a very confident dude. Right, it's very much, it's like, it's my show. Yeah. And so we, we get people, he asks, you know, what, we, what do you like to see? And we learn that your communication, like no one pays attention to memos. Mm-hmm. So everyone marks them urgent, and Michael's like, "Look, I've got urgent A, urgent B, urgent yeah. C, urgent D." Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, at my old office, it was very similar like that. Like you'd mark an email high importance almost all the time, and then the escalating point with that was a high importance email with the subject line that started with the word "urgent" in all caps, and then it just got nuts. Every email in my inbox looked like it was a meteor strike, you know. Everybody's <laughs> bugging out all the time. Uh, yeah we have this whole thing with d'angelo and andy where for whatever reason he assumes that uh andy's the funny guy yeah in the office which is weird like yeah i think andy just said like one minor joke when d'angelo first got in and he's like all right you're the you're the jokester and it was great he's like hey do you know what african-american saying like d'angelo leaves Daryl pops out. It's like, what do we say? He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, help me. Um, yeah, and then that gets pretty great because then he tries to write a joke 
um, which is too political for D'Angelo's. Right. Um, and we find out that really it's just the slapstick stuff. On his way out, he accidentally slips on a table. That's funny. Right. Then he makes him like eat soap. <laughs> yeah, he eats soap. I think there's something with boiling hot coffee. Yeah. On his like down his on his crotch. That's what it was. Right. Um, all very classy jokes. Right. And like <laughs> he's making him do it too. Like yeah. especially the stuff he's like eat it, eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, what the. Fuck. Yeah. You're such a crazy person. There's actually really not a lot in this episode now that I'm like looking at it. Yeah, because like we're really we're almost done. Um, you know, he gets a box of stuff to come in. Right. Um, and he starts decorating the office in his because in very like Western theme things because he loves the American Southwest. Yeah, yeah. Uh so much so that Daryl in his move to Placate D'Angelo's oddities, uh, says he loves that area. He starts wearing cowboy boots, and his sister also brings him a plastic toy gun and a holster. Right, and a hat. <laughs> and he considers it. Like, he's not like, nah. He, like, looks at it for just long for, enough. No. Like, nah, you keep that. Um, so so uh, Michael gets to this point where he's all like, you know, he's had enough, right? Right. Yeah. He, uh, was it? He's handing out peanut butter sandwiches to everybody? Right. And then he, they, they're like, it's like, oh, he's got a peanut allergy. And then we learn it's like not really even, in, like it's a minor, minor, like yeah, discomfort. Minor rash. He's like, I just like to be comfortable. Um, but I will say, and, and I, it's probably not super popular, but like, I think one of the top 10 lines of the show might be, you're getting nut particles everywhere. <laughs> And I think it's just great because it's like told, it's like really, it's just about this situation. Right. Perfect. That's what she said moment that like can't be played up because <laughs> of the hysteria happening. Um, so the last kind of thing that we see, you know, they, they, D'Angelo calls a conference room meeting, but he still comes to Michael after for like some support and just for how it should go. You see that like it, it, there is a passing of the torch happening and that, you know, even though maybe their styles are different, there's an appreciation between the two men. Right. And they have this really weird, like... Backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. Hug. Yeah. I don't really get yeah. what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, and then, uh, and I get, and I just, they bring in Cece, Jim and Pam. Right. And Angel says, that's a cute baby. But then we get us talking about... About how he, like, could care less about the baby. Like, yeah. he does not like Baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that. Um, what you got? Um, well, I was really like, I really hated this episode. Yeah. Uh, just it's not much happens. It's clunky. So this is, and I at this point, I'm just, I was like two, two out of five, halfway into this of these Godforsaken episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, D'Angelo. The problem with D'Angelo is really lies in this episode too, because he's just, mm. there's just no consistency. Like, is he the tough guy? Is he crazy? And they keep bouncing between those two things in a way that like, it makes sense for old characters that currently do that, but not for this guy to be introduced that way, you know? Uh, yeah. So I'd give this a 2.5 out of five nut particles. <laughs> okay. And we get into Michael's last Dundies. Which is pretty good. Um, written and directed by Mindy Kaling. Which, now, you know, I was really sad to find out that Mindy Kaling wrote this episode because it's not very good. I see. 
Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, is is this only the second Dundies that we've seen on the show? Yes. Right? Right. We know so they happen tough. more often because we see Michael's various Dundies. Yeah, presumably they happen annually. Well, that's what he said. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... I mean, this is much less of a Michael episode as it is a, like... Oh, it's around, I mean, it is definitely around the Dundies, uh, but there's not a lot of... Dundies. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. Like it's really an ensemble episode. Everybody's mm. really and there's a lot of stuff going. Right. And this is when we learn that like Aaron is not happy with Gabe. It's like I know he's my boyfriend, but I just don't like being around him. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess we can say it from that last episode. Gabe like really starts to confirm. He's not. It's after that. Right. It's because, yeah, she breaks up with him during the Dundee. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, yeah, we open up with them going out early morning, handing out Dundee Award nomination certificates, which are, which are huge. I mean, they're, they're pretty good size. They're about, yeah. the, the, about the size of a diploma. Yeah. So we get to see, like, Stanley's house, and he's not happy to see them. Meredith's house, which is a wreck. Terrible. Yeah, it looks a site of a crime. <laughs> then here, then Michael like eggs Toby's house. Yeah. We're just like he's like, isn't this one of our employees? Yeah, yeah. So like you see he doesn't understand like the Michael hatred for Tobes. Yeah, Erin seems to have gotten hers without running into them. Uh, but she reveals it once everybody's in the office. Right. She's very excited about it. Um and then was Larry King dead when this episode happened? Is Larry King dead? I thought he's still alive. Well, that's what I was. Yeah, yeah. Says he's still alive. It looks like. Yeah, I mean, he looks like garbage, but yeah, he's he's still kicking. Oh, he was born in the fifties. Right, that no, that's when he was. That's when he started. Uh, <laughs> so he yeah. started. Yeah, he was born in thirty three. He's eighty five. <laughs> yeah, looks like I know. I mean, he looks like he's dead jokes okay so um yeah so for whatever reason this particular dundee seems to take place at like a fancy restaurant i think that maybe because it's michael's last one like he might have like you know bumped up the classiness of it right and you know tallahassee probably threw him some money like oh here you have your thing yeah Yeah. here your figs we know what you did with uh with the michael scott paper company yeah yeah um so Dwight continues to be a sour apple here. He's still very bummed about not being right. able to uh, have been the boss or anything like that. So he's really not helping the situation. Yeah, as everyone's coming in, he's like talking shit about how they're dressed. Yeah, because it's supposed to be, uh, it's black tie optional. Though Dwight was trying to make it classier. Right. And Dwight goes on to say, every day is black tie optional. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think, um, yeah, the only people he has something nice to say is about Jim and Pam, actually. Yeah, surprisingly adequate. Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> we, we learned that, like, D'Angelo has this really terrible fear of, like, performing. Yeah. Like, kind of, like, go into a comatose state kind of par- right. paralysis and fear. <laughs> so, they're running through some exercises, and one of which is putting on, like, what literally looks like a Walkman. Yeah. At full volume, and then having D'Angelo like read off of a key. And Mike was doing this weird thing where he was like bouncing on D'Angelo's chest. chest with his butt. I'm like, yeah. is this like to help you breathe or something? Like, yeah. What's, I don't, yeah. What's going I mean, on here? I wonder if it's like a Dragon Ball Z situation, like 
Let's put you in a room with high gravity, with weighted clothes. And if you can perform well here, you could do well without all that stuff. You know, <laughs> I think that's what it was. It was like some super sane comedy training. Um, so uh, another thing that we see is that Aaron is eating in her car. So right. when, when the Halperts walk by, she like, uh, they, they kind of mosey on over. And she and, like dives out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Tries to hide. She's like, careful, Gabe will see you. Yeah. Um, so it's revealed there that um, she just doesn't like Gabe. Right. And yeah, I think it's fair to say that she hasn't been in a lot of relationships. So right. a lot of these feelings are new to her. So Pam is able to kind of offer that like sage advice of like, you know. Like it's okay to not like somebody. You do. Yeah. <laughs> that's why um, you date, right? Is that's to find right. what you like and what you don't like. Now, this is weird, and you pointed it out. Not that it was weird, but I think it's weird. But, like, Jim leaves. Yeah, he's he like, it's like, I'm not interested in this. <laughs> he just gets yeah. out of the car. Yeah. And it's like, it's fine, because I don't think Jim would participate in that part of the storyline. So it's just weird to have had him get in the car at all, you know? Well, but, I think it's also just like a little bit of a change in yeah. like his personality where he's like, I don't have to solve this, so I'm not going to. Yeah, well, and I guess to be fair, like Pam is constantly involved in Jim's life in terms of like he's pulling a prank and she's he's pulling her into it and stuff like that, right? Right. But Pam is often like talking to, to Angela or Kelly about like this relationship stuff and Jim never sees that part of it. Um, like he's very unaware of all these like, office romance dramas in the office right um so this is like the first time he gets to see that world and he's oh, that's all you i got nothing um or maybe it's one of those like i'll just let you do deal with this and hear about it later yeah um so so we're at the dundee right and um and we see this pre-recorded opening video that basically the plot is that the Dundies are happening and they need an amazing, D'Angelo's like, ah, there's only one person for the job and it's Michael and they have to like find. Uh, so to find him, they need the support of the office staff. That office staff is played by Michael. Right. In, in the wigs, which I can only assume he borrowed from Dwight because you know, right. Dwight has a, a wig for every person in the office. That's right. But like they make fun of Angela uh, and they make fun of uh, Phyllis, and she's not happy about it. No, she's not happy about it. Um, Jim. Uh, we see a very good Jim impression. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, for whatever reason, Michael's Jim impression is surfery, a little aloof, and has an earring. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> like, wait, when did you get the earring? Uh, <laughs> uh, which is, like, particularly funny because, like, Michael kind of gets the essence of everybody else that he's playing, you know? Right. But, like, he's just so off with Jim. He just, like, doesn't know who Jim is, even though they co-manage together. Yeah. Um, so that goes, and everybody, you know, they, they come out from the side of the room or whatever, and it's this whole big thing, and they're on, like, a stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, the the show proceeds, and they try to riff off each other, and it's a little awkward. Oh, it's terrible! But, and like he, like Danny, D'Angelo, like runs to the the men's room and is freaking out, and Michael's like right. sitting there slapping him, like get your shit together and showtime, and yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, slap me, yeah. Um, and, uh, so we see Jim win best dad. Um, and he, and he like loves like, it. Yeah, he loves it, and he's doing all this like, like I don't know, I, you know, you're you're just born with it or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it was really weird acceptance speech, and he's just trying to like 
give advice or something. And then Meredith wins best mom. Right. Shooting all that to hell. Right. And then they ask to uh, take a photo with those two winners. Right. And, and like, like oh, Pam is pissed. Go. Yeah. Like, well, she's pissed also, she didn't get best mom. Well, and Jim didn't even mention her in his speech. Right. Right. Um, so that's great. Um, let's see. Danny Cordray gets hottest in the office, but Ryan assumed he was going to get it. Right. And he's like, whatever. But you can tell Ryan, like, is upset that he didn't get it. Yeah. Uh, Stanley gets the diabetes award. Mm-hmm. Aaron gets cutest redhead and looked very cute getting it. And this is where everything goes off the rails, where yeah. she publicly, as part of her speech, breaks up with Gabe. Right. And Not calls out a Pam. cool move. Yeah. And she's like, well, you have to say what you feel, right, Pam? Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is great. Um, yeah, so this is like the beginning of like Gabe versus Andy, like to the point of like potential violence now. Right, right. Uh, and uh, yeah, and they have all sorts of crazy stuff going on where like oh, so the bathroom smells like really loud. Yeah, they like you know, add. He's like reading the cue cards, like ad lib masturbation joke. <laughs> right, just says it out loud, and so the manager eventually just kicks him out. Yeah, yeah. Kevin's drawing on the table covers that are fabric <laughs> with crayons he brought from home. Um, right. Yeah. So on their way out of the thing. Um, Pam suggests maybe they go back to the office to keep going, you know? Um, right. And Ryan, uh, Michael and Dwight have this like spat and Dwight just like nopes out of the car and sprints away. Yeah. Uh, the whole time D'Angelo has to urinate very badly in the backseat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. Right. And there's this great moment where like, they start singing, and, and Michael has this wonderful line of, oh, my God, something is happening. I mean, my understanding of this scene, and please correct me, Internet, is that Steve Carell did not know that this was going to happen either. So that line, something's happening, I think is a genuine Steve Carell moment right. while trying to stay in Michael Scott zone. Um, I've also seen conversations about displeasure of D'Angelo being involved in this scene. Because what we see is like, so it's this um, Seasons of Love featured in Rent, but it has been modified now for this office scene where they replace all the numbers uh, with Michael's, like Michael facts, right? Right. And like, you, know, you hit me with your car. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I forgive you for kissing me. <laughs> right. So everybody like kind of has a moment. Um, but then D'Angelo comes in and sings his solo or whatever. So some people felt like that was inappropriate. Like it should have been OG cast only, but probably, uh, but I was okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daryl's playing his synthesizers. Yeah. As he calls yeah, it. We have this like little talking head with uh, Michael where he's like, Oh, this is going to hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Creed says, I watch you when you sleep. Um, yeah. And then that's kind of the end, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty emotional. So well done. Steve. Oh yeah. I mean, it almost makes up for the terrible, preceding 19 minutes yeah yeah <laughs> like it's uh, it sucks that a scene this good had to happen in an episode this bad yeah uh yeah so uh, i'm gonna give it uh 2.5 out of five i brought these rooms 
uh, for uh, the same reason, yeah. Not not this particularly solid episode, and it's a little too much of everybody and not enough like Michael. Right. I gave it a little higher because I was feeling generous at the time, but I gave it 2.9 out of 5, not as bad as I remember it being. Because it wasn't as bad as I remembered. It still wasn't good, but it was better than I remembered it being. Because right. I think I've only seen it twice and not, I only have watched this episode in like five years. All right. I just can't, it's, yeah, I generally skip it. That's acceptable. Makes sense. So we, we get into the, the final episode of Michael, Michael G. Scott. Goodbye, Michael, directed by Paul Feig, written by Greg Daniel. So it's full on like, like OG big hitters for this one. And we see Michael sitting in a lawn chair on the roof. In cowboy boots. In cowboy boots, adjust, trying to adjust the altitude. That's right. Yeah. Uh, not his worst plan, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Dwight's up there and he gives them what he thinks are Rocky Mountain oysters. Well, I mean, that's what they are. I mean, that's what Rocky Mountain oysters are. Yeah, but they're not. They're testicle, bull testicles. Right. Oh, that's what Rocky Mountain oysters are, are bull testicles. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, never mind. There you go. (laughs) I thought they were oysters. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, there's a thing in my hometown called Calf Fry where they just make, it's like a giant four-day country concert where people get hammered and eat a bunch of cow, cow balls. Cow genitals. (laughs) <laughs> well, I sure am glad I live on the coast. <laughs> and if you're from the Midwest, you suck. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Mike has this good moment with Dwight, though, where he's like, you know, it wasn't my, I, I, I couldn't do anything for that. Right. It sounds like the, like he, uh, like he didn't have a chance. Right. You know, it was done. He's like, look, it wasn't my job to give. And I think Dwight gets it a bit more, but he's still pretty pissed. Yeah. And you ask him about bears and that, like, you know, Dwight kind of goes off on him. Or... Well, my, Michael is at his smartest here, right? It shows that for the last two decades almost, he's really gotten to know the people. That, right. And this episode is basically just a, a victory lap of him showing like of him getting what he wants out of people when he's at his best, right? So right. in this instance, he knows Dwight's a little salty, so he's like, okay, Dwight loves talking to bears. So let me just be really wrong about bears because Dwight loves correcting people about bear attacks. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, when, then we, we keep going here. Um, we see Creepy Gabe who attacks Andy in the bathroom. Right, which is weird. He like, is at the sink. Wait from her. Yeah, yeah. Um, we see Gabe do this later on to Aaron in the women's room. Right. We've uh, totally gotten him fired. Like that should, he should have been fired for that. <laughs> like, yeah. Goodness gracious forbid. If, if Creed had told on Gabe, <laughs> he was in there when Creed was using, you know, he's paid dearly for that. Gabe can't just walk in. Right. Uh, um, so, uh, so there's a party planned for Michael's going away. Right. And we see the dream team plus Meredith. <laughs> Basically, everybody has been the head of the party planning committee. Now, why is Pam there? Is it because of her party to the committee to plan parties? Maybe. Because I don't recall her being an official. I don't remember. Because it feels like it went from Angela to Phyllis to Jim and Dwight. Who promptly shut it down. Yeah. Um, but so they're all there in there and they're basically just trying to, there's going to be a shindig the following day. Right. Cause that's when Michael's told everyone he's leaving, even right. though he's leaving at four. Yeah. So it's kind of a, um, cause it does end up being kind of a fake out because he, um, 
he tells uh, like the audience doesn't know until he gets a phone call from Holly or he calls Holly. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'll see you, at, you know, tonight, tonight. And so it's like, Whoa, what's going on? You know? Cause it really does change the perception of the episode. Cause you, when you first start watching, you're like, okay, well there's going to be a scene the quote unquote next day. So you sort of expect sort of this, this bridging, uh, type structure for the episode where like the stuff that we see currently shouldn't be so sad right the next part will happen right Right. like why why is why is michael so into this yeah and he's like you know get whatever you want you know make every you know get do something to make everybody happy yeah he's acting really bizarre yeah you know and i I think they're kind of catching up on but like okay whatever yeah um so Michael has a printed out list. It's essentially what I think it is, is he's just trying to have a moment with each person. Right. So that, sort of a goodbye moment. Yeah. So that the outcome of that moment is positive for the recipient. Right. Regardless of what it is. Though there is a twist. I feel like that's not quite, but uh, <laughs> everybody else is pretty much that. Right. Because he gives him this like fucking Yeah. I mean, it's a piece doll of looking thing. Yeah. It's like a piece of burlap with like this Rorschach face, haphazardly stuffed with hay and then tied shittily with twine that is supposed to represent the scarecrow from wizard of oz right and he's <laughs> he tells us like it's like i made this for you and oscar's like oh it's it's great michael i'll treasure it forever or something like that and it, it cuts to michael and talking head laughing hysterically like did you see that it looks like a retarded monkey who made it or something <laughs> It's like he has, he has a, the worst opinion of anyone in the office of me or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And he just took it. Gets a real kick out of it. But um, two-year-old monkey made by yeah. a two-year-old monkey. Yeah. So it's, and so what, what I think what was sort of what spawns the toy thing is that D'Angelo asks him for like this truck of his. He's like, he's like, well, if he's going to try and take my stuff, I'm going to give it away. Yeah, I mean, because it doesn't really seem that he has a plan for everybody. A couple right. people, he comes in with like some pre-prepared stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, not everybody's got a great moment. He kind of mixed up on the fly. I'm trying to pull up a list to see. Mm. Here we go. Right, and then there's like, um, like he says, like, yeah, to start doubling and tripling up on some of them. Yeah. Uh, so do you mind if I just read through? Yeah, here? go for it. So Dwight, Michael gives him a positive recommendation letter and then the paintball game. Right. Back where they used to have their rendezvous. Um, Which I love that like Dwight has full tactical paintball gear. Yeah. Ready. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also too, because like not for nothing, uh, because what does he drive? What is that car? I'm bad at cars. Uh, It's um, Camaro. Camaro? Yeah. I mean, there's no trunk space. The only thing in it is a duffel bag with his (laughs) elite paintball gear, you know? (laughs) Um, Andy gets Michael's clients. Right. We, there was, we, we, it's, we see this, this thing with Dwight where he's like, well, I've stopped expecting him to do the right, the right thing, the good thing, or even the smart thing. Yeah. Um, Daryl gets an unfinished version of Somehow I Manage. Right. Uh, containing the chapter. Everyone likes the guy who gives them gum. Yeah. 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 Uh, Ryan gets the St. Pauli girl. <laughs> uh, Gabe, he gets advice about uh, putting makeup on his Adam's apple so he doesn't look like a transvestite. Uh, Meredith gets... 
Michael talks to her about dying alone with Creed and right, <laughs> uh, which is what Creed gets. Oscar gets the crazy cornhouse doll. <coughs> Excuse me. Toby tells Michael about his brother who lives in Boulder. Right. Um, and there's this funny scene where Rory Flenderson is talking about giving Michael jams because his shelves are overflowing with preserves. Right. Just like, I mean, not for nothing. You think Toby's dull, but Rory sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> Well, the thing is, well, there is a difference between jam and preserves. So. Well, he says both. Maybe he's got both. Maybe he's got both, but there is a difference. Got it. Good to know. I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, Kelly, see, this is one of those made up ones. Basically, Kelly's texting on her Blackberry, right. and Michael keeps saying her name and says, Would the best thing be for me to walk away and leave you alone right now? And says, Yes, babe. That's like, that's their name, right? Right. Uh, Angela gets to show Michael pictures of her boyfriend, the state senator. Uh, Kevin's is a pre-planned one with this messed up caricature of piggy Kevin munching on pizza right. uh, in which he rips in front of him saying, don't become a caricature. Uh, it's hard to know, like actually it happened. Um, Phyllis gets chattering teeth, um, but she's also trying to make Michael some did gloves, very complicated instruction. Can't wash them. Yeah. Wash right. Them. You can't wash. You can't get wet. Like, don't use water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ring dry gently. Use hand dryer to cool. Um, Aaron, Aaron's moment is nice. Basically, they're outside. She's broken up with Abe, and Michael kind of for the last time fills his fatherly role. For- right, it's really good advice. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like it's time for you to be single. Maybe you don't have to be. Right, you know, you know, you don't have to be with somebody. You know, all this other stuff. So. Yeah, uh, Stanley gets a miniature pool table, but there's no nothing to it. It's just felt. Right. Um, and in the warehouse, they get a great gift. They get to spend hours watching Michael try to throw the basketball over his shoulder. Right. It was at least eight shots, at least eight attempts, where he's like, see you on the flippity flip. Yeah. I mean, so much so that, like, the scene starts with that door closed and it ends with the warehouse door open. Because now, like, obviously, we're expecting trucks later in the day or something. Right. Um, Jim kind of catches that Michael's doing a weird thing and correctly guesses that Michael's had done. Right. Um, so they have this nice moment where they plan to say their goodbyes tomorrow, knowing Right. And he's like, I'm going to tell you how great of a boss you were. And Michael, oh, this is really great. Like, I look forward to you telling me how amazing I am. Yeah. Um, and then Pam has the best one. But um, essentially what happens is Michael can't. She's left. She went to go buy shredders. Right. We're going to see the King's speech or something. Right. Um, Jim knows and I guess has been texting but she's not back by the time his cab arrives at 4pm that day mm-hmm. so um, what do you call it D'Angelo's there too but he's not really in this episode not really all you really see is like he talks about his issue with being super fat he was previously obese and you know, like he starts breaking down and makes a s'more of the coffee, coffee. Pot. yeah yeah um, yeah so very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so Michael ends up heading to the airport. He's got all of his ish. Um, Jim's the only one who knows. So his goodbye is only emotional toward him and creates a seat. Well, there's a, um, when he's heading to the airport, um, Michael, like if you watch Krasinski, I really think the actor was having a tough time keeping it together. Yeah. Like he looks really tight and like he's, just holding himself as hard as he can basically to like hold it in. Cause you know, it would be sad. This is the last scene you'll ever perform with this guy. Yeah. I mean, I always wondered something like that too. Like, 
because of production schedules and stuff chrono- chronologically was this really his last scene shot you know because sometimes like based on who's available when or whatever i mean you know this is a shot where everybody in the office has to be because for whatever reason kelly and ryan are also in the bullpen right? mm-hmm. and traditionally they're like in the back uh, right. i don't know where toby is i forget um, but essentially, so this is a scene that requires everybody's availability, you know, so is that something they tried to put at the beginning of the production schedule? Or like you said, is this really like his last scene in the office or whatever? If I don't know, it just felt that way, especially like watching Krasinski's yeah. reaction and like body language and stuff. Like. Right, right. Um, but he leaves, he goes to the airport, uh, he goes through TSA and all that stuff. And he has this great moment. He's like, I can finally take off this microphone. And I, and I got to say, I mean, I know that when the show was shot, they have a boom mic operator, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what Brian is basically. So there's not as good for the lapel microphones, um, but it was shown in foot injury in this bit, definitely in Holly and Michael in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And then it's obvious too, when Hannah is uh, feeding her baby and Kevin is locked in the conference room, that there is a mic pack thing going on to record right. into people's mm-hmm. audio. I don't even know how he would have gotten through TSA with that on, honestly, but whatever. Yeah, I, you know, I had the same thought. Like, he's on the other side of security. Yeah, he's not wearing shoes. There's no way they let him on with a mic pack, right? Right. Um, maybe he put it through. Yeah. He's so used to it. Maybe he took it off and put it through the, the skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And put it back on. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can take it off now. Uh, but he takes it off. And he's like, this is going to feel so good to get off to get off me or something. something that's Get this off crap. my chest. Yeah, get off my chest. Gives back the mic and then he says that's what she said, but it's not audible, which is right. like very artsy. Um, right. it, this, the, the, this whole scene is yeah. really good. Yeah. Uh, where, so Pam somehow gets through. I don't know if she bought a ticket <laughs> or what. Right. Like, I don't yeah. know how she got through security uh, exactly, but it's just this quiet scene and, you know, she's on her tiptoes giving him a hug and right because she also had to take her shoes off obviously so she's like yeah running around just her stocking right and it's com- pretty much completely silent and it just yeah. it hits hard yeah I mean, it just did hits hard 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 and uh yeah it's i mean she's there till the plane leaves right she watches it take off and she kind of recounts the conversation that they had when he leaves mm-hmm. but it sounds like she says more than i think they would have had time for based on what we saw whatever but he's very excited to see holly um he hopes he gets upgraded to first class because he's a rewards member which is probably never flown on that yeah. airline um, but it does happen it does yeah, happen yeah uh yeah but it's it's it, yeah it's really really nice i mean mm-hmm. both jim and pam scenes i think are definitely the best out of the bunch oh yeah but i mean that's kind of how it was built up yeah yeah you know that's kind of how this the show per- um and that's it he's gone Mm-hmm. We come back the next day. Everybody is at Michael's going away party, right? And yeah, so like D'Angelo, like starts eating the cake, is going back and forth, and starts yelling at the cake. You're like, no, no, yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's like he he he's taking pieces off with his hand, not cutting it, not using a plate. He's biting into it. He's throwing it in the garbage. Angela's getting cake splattered and stuff like pam's not in the scene for some reason which i thought was weird but obviously like because in the scene ends with jim and dwight being like the the senior authority people there right like this is bad yeah yeah and i guess that would be a weird scene to shoot if pam was in there because obviously jim and pam would probably have right so but yeah you you could tell they just like jim and pam or jim and dwight are like well we've got a 
We gotta ride this one out together, man. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, and that's it. So uh, that's the end of Michael. Yep. Seven, seven, six full seasons and what twenty something episodes. Yeah, I mean, I do recall reading also around this time that they had said Michael was going to leave before the end of the season, so that they didn't make the end of the season about Michael. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his absence is felt right. for the episodes because it's really just about the replacement and mm-hmm. replacements moving forward. Man, I did not realize that there was only one episode with D'Angelo as like the manager. Yeah, it's the inner circle or something, right? Yeah, it's the inner circle, which is yeah. we'll do next time. Uh, so what did you think of the episode? Uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I saw your rating and stuff, and I feel like I have to. I'm, this might bite me in the butt. I'm going to give it a full five out of five. Oh, wow. World's best boss. Uh, I, I could, because like if it's not this one, right, right, yeah. So you know, I just couldn't give it the full five just because there was some stuff. I'm just like, well, it, what it was, it was because this is the ep- this is the episode where D'Angelo goes with Andy to a sale right. Right. and just shits all over it. So and that was just kind of painful to watch. So I gave it a. out of 5 C on the flippity flip It's fair Yeah I mean I just ignored that part (laughs) I mean it works out for Andy Right You know uh, Which is He's a great character I hope to see him run this office one day We'll we'll see if we ever get Yep We will Um, see Man that's an end of an era Yeah I mean it's And it's You know it's cool that we end up on one of our big episodes You know 50 The big 5-0 so next time we should be going back to a semi-regular kind of show, two episodes in two weeks, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully you enjoyed this crazy thing. Right. And next, next time we'll be doing the inner circle and Dwight K. Schrute acting manager. Uh, again, you know, you want us to hit some stuff that we missed or whatever, please email broken broadcasting at gmail.com. Um, you know, visit our other podcasts. Dresden Files, High Fantasy, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Uh, Don't forget to, we don't ask this a lot, but if you leave a comment or a review, wherever you listen to your podcast, that's always helpful. Gets the word out. Mm. Uh, Obviously, we love you guys listening, but we want your friends to listen. Yes, your friends are Your friends are better. (laughs) Well, we'll see y'all in two weeks, hopefully. I don't, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye.